give me some time to think about it? Absolutely. How much time do you need? Until hell freezes over. Away, you moldy rogue. Away. And welcome back to yet another enthralling episode of the Mouldy Rogues podcast. Today we have the exciting prospect of an actor battle between Joaquin Phoenix and Liam Neeson's and a cracker of a cigar or not cigar, where James must decide whether a film described in detail to him is indeed in the canon of the great ponytailed face kicker. Added to that, we have the return of fan favourite magazine Recoil Off Grid, which we discussed the last issue of in episode 6. Well, there's a new edition out, and it is terrifying. Without further ado, let's get to it. But I should warn you that thanks to a small gremlin in the machine, the start of the battle has been deleted, where James and I discussed his reasons for picking Phoenix in the first place, James's conspiracy theories regarding River Phoenix's death, and the first half of my answer to category number one, which of these fine actors would make the best Bond villain? Let's join that chat midstream. I think Neeson absolutely can play a villain. Yes. But I think that Neeson would very well be like the head henchman to Joaquin Phoenix's boss. As in, Neeson is definitely more, you know, he's odd job to Phoenix's goldfinger. (laughs) If you catch my drift. Odd job, lobbing his hat. And as we discussed before, I'm not the greatest <laughs> Bond weapon, because if he misses, he has to run and get it, which takes him out of the battle for, you know, what could be crucial seconds. <laughs> yeah, the sign of uh, odd job legging it across what tend to be some well-manicured garden to pick his hat up. Exactly, because <laughs> he, proper, he proper launches it as well. And you think if you duck under that, it would go flying and he'd have to run and get it, because what else can he do? He normally takes off statues' heads, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he killed. I think he killed one person with that hat in the film, and it was just like somebody that Goldfinger wanted to kill. And then, yeah, then that was it. And then he lobbed yeah. it. He tried to lob it at James Bond. James Bond ducked as you would do, and then it got stuck in some bars or something. Or just just him like lobbing it up a tree or something like that. There's all kinds of problems with a hat. I, I, that wouldn't be the weapon of choice for me if I was a henchman. And you'd no. say to him as well, wouldn't you? You're like, like, our job, listen, things might get a bit tasty. I know you've got the hat. Can you maybe take a gun or a knife as well, just as a backup? Because honestly, if you miss with the hat, right, you have to run and get it. And not only does that mean you're not watching my back, it also makes you look a little bit ridiculous, mate. He's not the fastest of characters either. You know, he had a lot going for him. but He, he, has, has, a tree that he has to run and find a stepladder so he can get up the tree to get his hat back. <laughs> This is the thing. So I think Neeson is very much an odd job to right. Phoenix and Goldfinger. Right. Right. I wish I could disagree. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think they would both actually be pretty potent Bond villains, but mm-hmm. Phoenix has got that level of sort of Christoph Waltz-like madness that makes him an ideal Bond villain. Okay, that is 1-0 to the Phoenix. Could you give mm-hmm. me another number? Let's go for 15. 
It is our brand new category. Help you with your decking in the back garden on a Sunday morning. It's the most specific of the new categories. And just to clarify for listeners, that is not a euphemism. It no. genuinely means somebody who could help you out with some DIY. Hmm. Um, and luckily, this is mm-hmm. as close to a slam dunk for Neeson's as you can get. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neeson is a man who knows his way around home base, for yep. sure. Sure. No issue with decking. I think, you know, do whatever you want. Do a bit of yeah. bit of painting. Put grouting. some furniture up for grouting, yeah, if you yeah. want. Uh, whereas Phoenix, no, Phoenix would be like, I don't know, if you asked him to sort of put some shelves up and come back in a few minutes and he'd be sort of sat on the sofa smoking a roll up and there'd be like dream catchers up on the wall and shit like that. Nah, nah, nah. I can imagine Phoenix would be painting his fingernails green or something. He'd be yeah, doing something yeah. weird, wouldn't he? Dipping his cock in the paint and slapping it on the wall, something like that. <laughs> no, definitely, that's Neeson's around. That is one, one. Can I have another number, please? Twelve. Twelve is Golden Globe nominations. Which of these two gentlemen has received most of those? Now, as we know, of course, the Golden Globes are a little bit more open than the Oscar nominations, so they're not quite mm. as sniffy, which means... Generally, you'll get more deserving winners. Ah, here we go. Could you tell me, I imagine it's precious few. Could you tell me Liam Neeson's uh, Golden Globe nominations, please? He's got three nominations. One, of course, for Schindler's List Ah. in 94, one in 97 for Michael Collins, and then one in 2005 for Kinsey. Well... Joaquin Phoenix has got six nominations. Yeah. He also has two wins. Could you uh, hazard a guess at the films he has won for? I mean, it's going to be Joker, I would say. Yes, he won for Joker in 2020 and 2006. 2006? Yeah, a musical. Well, a biopic. Oh, um, Walk the Line, Johnny Cash. Walk the Line, yeah. I think most people will admit is uh, Reese Witherspoon's finest hour. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. that or Legally Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oscar nominated for both. Okay, so that is two one to Joaquin. He is a kick away from the next round. It's a shame for Neeson to go out. I mean, unless it's a uh, unless it's fifty cuffs. Let's go for number four. Number four is the triple threat. Who has the best singing? Voice sang in a musical, recorded an album. Holy shit, Neeson's out. Yeah, uh, we're not judging it on quality, it's just literally if he's done it or not. Because Joaquin Phoenix went through that period where he was a rapper and then he brought out a documentary saying, Oh no, I wasn't just joking, but I think he wasn't joking. No, I don't think he was joking either. But you can't argue that his Johnny Cash singing voice is pretty strong. Yeah, that's true. Which, unfortunately, Liam Neeson, although he can certainly um, carry some decking in your back garden, he cannot carry a tune. Uh, Keep throwing <laughs> grenades out the window. I'll find you. I wouldn't see Taken 2 with you, I think, didn't I? No. Okay, so that is 3-1 to Phoenix. Liam Neeson's is out of the competition. I just I feel like uh, Phoenix has got some weird strengths that you wouldn't expect. Neeson goes in the opening round. 
Right, I'm going to give you a, a quick list of some people who have gone in the opening round mm-hmm. of this competition. Robert De Niro never won a match. Christian Bale, Will Smith, Jennifer Lawrence, DiCaprio, Winslet, Kane, Cruz, and to a lesser extent, Jason Schwartzman. You know, only the strong survive. This film is called Attack Force. Oh, Spidey senses tingling. <laughs> uh, filmed in 2006. Uh-huh. Uh, plot synopsis. When aliens arrive on Earth to harvest human DNA, a special uh-huh. agent is assigned to destroy them without letting the public know they exist. Marshall Lawson loses his in a cold-blooded and seemingly random attack. After this, he takes it upon himself to investigate the suspicious circumstances of the brutal killings. Soon he uncovers CTX Majestic, a covert military operation so secret that now the military wants Marshall eliminated. Resolute in his pursuit, Marshall engages in a merciless battle with a drug dealer operation that appears to be secretly funded by a rogue arm of the military that is more complicated than a line of duty storyline yeah i was gonna say that is very complicated my initial question is forget the shady military organization all about the aliens (laughs) Um, i know you've got a so aliens come (laughs) there is a team who are tasked to make contact with them without the public knowing the team dies. Marshall Law, or whatever his name is, uh, needs to then figure out what happened to his team. I mean, my first suspicion would be the aliens killed them, so I don't know why he's... Um, it's incredibly complex. So a lot of different yeah. strands to tie up. But if there's one man who can tie up various different story strands, I know it is Mr. S. Gull. His character's name is Commander Marshall Lawson. Yeah, I mean, Commander Marshall Lawson, brilliant. His no, profession, like a cigar, yeah. His is profession he, he, is special forces. No, he's special agent. Okay, uh, and, martial arts background. Uh, no mention. Uh, the tagline for the film is, "It's humanity's greatest hope, and our last chance." Okay, that's more confusing than the plot synopsis. Humanity's greatest hope and our last chance. That's saying the same thing twice, isn't it? First of all, it suggests that whoever's watching that film is not a member of the human race, which <laughs> is a possibility. <laughs> Humanity's greatest hope and our last chance. Um, I, okay, well, I might regret this, but I would like to bend a few points <laughs> to find out if there's any good co-stars. If Vinnie Jones is in this... No, no, no. That's, no that's it. I've already looked. There's not a single name co-star. Where was it filmed? Can you tell me that? Or do I need to hey, that points? will cost you a point, so you're going to get nine instead of your usual ten, because you've got 100% record here. It was filmed in Romania. 
Ah, Seagull. I'm going to go Seagull. Oh, that's all you need? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I will, before I reveal Seagull or not Seagull, I'll tell you the plot keywords on Internet Movie Database are Hero Murders a Woman, Man Murders a Woman, Drug Dealer, (laughs) uh, Drugs, and Kicked in the Stomach. (laughs) That is a plot keyword, Kicked in the Stomach. Plot keyword. Hero Murders a Woman? Yes. That's the first. There's also another keyword. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, Okay, the amusing... Hero Murders a Woman. Kicked in the stomach, fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think I will reveal you are once again correct. That is a Seagal film. But I should tell you the amusing production story. In fact, I'm not going to allow that in future as a um, something you can ask for, because basically if there's a story of Seagal being a complete knob end, mm. then you know it's a genuine Seagal film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I will just reveal that after you've put your guess in the future. So the screenwriter, Joe Halpin, he wrote an entire book called Seagology, the ass-kicking films of Steven Seagal. And when he's writing about Attack Force, he said that it originally was written and filmed as Harvester, a sci-fi horror movie with Seagal and his men battling an invading force of vampire space aliens. After they delivered the finished film, so it was done, sci-fi, aliens, the production and distribution company decided to eliminate the sci-fi space elements and replace them with another plot about a super addictive drug that turns its users into superhuman killers. They called Mm -hmm. back a few of the lower paid actors for reshoots, redubbed the majority of Siegel's dialogue via ADR, totally re-edited the film and changed it into Attack Force, as it is now known. Okay, that's interesting. So kind of got rid of the central theme of the film. Yeah. And, uh, but, but still went ahead with it anyway. Hmm. Okay. Now I really want to watch um, it, because they've changed everything he said by ADR. So you know what the um, the the irony of it is that I suspect it won't make any difference to the overall comprehension of what's going on. But that sounds uh, truly awful. So yeah. I think it might be worth watching. send you the latest episode of recoil off grid yeah please do you've seen the cover mm-hmm. it's Excellent brilliant cover. it just says everything you need to know so this is the april edition of recoil off grid and the cover feature for this month is defend your home and family and the cover shows what appears to be a family you think <laughs> they're a family no i don't <laughs> Yeah, I really don't know what's going on here, actually. Um, so there is there is a, a kind of an old chap with a handlebar moustache with a shotgun. Well, first of all, the background is like, I guess, the front porch of a house. And then there's an old bloke 
and an older lady stood like sort of shoulder to shoulder, both wielding like automatic rifles and looking kind of out at whoever's going to invade their home. Then there's a dog. There's like a dog behind them. Mm-hmm. There is on behind the woman, there's a, a chap, a younger chap. He's holding a crowbar and just looking a bit sort of pensive. And then the weirdest one <laughs> is there is a woman with a very sort of grumpy look holding an axe. Mm. And there is, I think, is that a child? It's the scariest thing in the entire yeah. picture. It looks it's, it's like a like horror film you, old woman. Yeah, it's like if you imagine um, the, the horror film The Ring, right? Mm. The thing that comes out of the well in The Ring Right, that with a pair of glasses like <laughs> clinging onto a woman's leg, and the woman's holding a hatchet yep. and looking straight at you quite yep. you know, angrily. I don't know if she's just been caught by the thing from the ring or what's going on there. Well, the woman must have said, Well, Gran and Grandpa, they've got the pump action shotgun and the automatic rifle. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Well, I've, you know, I've, I've got the tiniest little axe. I can we'll yeah. just take a spoon out with you. I mean, yeah, what are yeah, you yeah. playing at? Well, I don't know why the chap went for the crowbar as well. Because <laughs> surely, I don't. I suppose a crowbar is better than a miniature axe. <laughs> but yeah, I, interesting weapon choices. I mean, the old folks I get going going for the rifle straight away. If you're you're still preparing by reading Recoil of Grid. <laughs> and yet the best preparation you've come up with to defend your home from the apocalypse is just a crowbar or a miniature axe. You, yeah. You're an idiot. And that miniature axe, the first person you stick it in, it's going to stay in. Well, I was going to say the first person I'd stick it in is that thing grabbing onto my leg, probably. <laughs> Do you see her hand as well is uncomfortably close to the crotch? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a Me Too thing. So, yeah, exactly. If the world collapses and we need to defend our homes from kind of gropey zombies, then uh, get your miniature axe out. It tells you um, (laughs) what's the best footwear for the apocalypse. Yep. It's good to know. There's a lot of adverts for knives and Mm. guns. Yeah. Um, This is absolutely mad, isn't it? What if your neighborhood is attacked (laughs) by an angry mob? Yeah, I was just reading that. And, and I think, right, there's, I've just looked. So this, like, what if your neighborhood is attacked by an angry mob article is like a kind of a cartoon drawing of somebody looking out of their window and there's the mob coming down the street towards them. And one of the mob is holding up a sign that says, defund the police, which is obviously a bit of a left-wing agenda in the States. And I reckon... It's only because they, <laughs> I reckon, the readership of this magazine, I think they would consider like a Black, Black Lives Matter protest as an angry mob. Yes. The readership looks fairly right-wing. It's wearing uh, its politics on its sleeve. Very much so. Mm. So situation type angry mob in your neighbourhood. Your crew, you, your pregnant wife and 10-year-old daughter. Mm. <laughs> Location, Everett, Washington. Season, winter, weather, 50 degrees. During the scenario, your neighbor is physically assaulted. With our ability to retreat being non-existent, our safest course of action is to hole up inside the house and address whatever threat presents itself. 
we're now under the serious threat of bodily harm or death. I tell my wife to let loose some buckshot on anyone who forces their way through the front door. While continuing to occupy the high ground position from the upstairs window, I'm looking to address any imminent threat against my family. If I see a gun or a pyro device directed towards my home, I will use deadly force. Quite right. <laughs> Is the wife not reading Recoil Off Grid then? She's having it read to her by the husband. The wife, I think, reads Shotgun Weekly, <laughs> which is why she's downstairs with the shotgun. So he's saying, I hide upstairs in the bathroom and send no. my wife out to take on the no, angry mom. No, no, no. He's, he's in the high ground, obviously, and his wife is holed up with her shotgun um, in a safe place and the kid. And right. Dan, I mean, it goes without saying, I'd have fire suppression gear staged everywhere and repel an attack with my fortifications like iron gates, deadbolt locks, and, of course, sandbags against walls. Hello. Currently, this is, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this, but Amazon sells a 1,000 sandbags for $300. So <laughs> it's a steal, really. Yeah. It does feel like there's a there's a bit of a, a racial bias in this, is it? I don't know if is it just me picking up on it. You see the picture in the What If riot, there's like a black mm -hmm. gentleman rioting, and the family's all white, and everybody on the cover's white. I mean, are you getting the impression? I mean, in fact, every single person in the magazine is white except for that rioter. Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's a terrifying magazine. <laughs> I'm traveling today, so if I open up my hard drive, I look forward to that conversation with immigration authorities. You know that you're going to watch Fox News all day, you're going to read this, and you're going to polish your gun. That's it. Fox News, read this, get those sandbags out. $300 worth. Imagine if you work for Amazon and somebody orders 300 sandbags. <laughs> it's a big delivery, isn't it? <laughs> and there it is, a slightly shortened version of your Mouldy Rogues podcast, but I think you'll agree, thoroughly nourishing nonetheless. In years to come, some lucky so-and-so will find the original tape of this episode in their attic and the Phoenix Neeson's battle there in full and become a millionaire. Until then. Take it easy, guys. Mm -hmm.